Hey guys, welcome back to the Film Photography Podcast, Analog Talk. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris, and our special guest today is photographer Troy Bradford. How you doing, Troy? I'm doing great. Today, I thought we'd start off the conversation by talking about Polaroid Week. Did everybody have a good Polaroid Week? Oh, yeah. Did you guys go out and shoot at all? I tried to, but... You know, I shoot every day on on instant just about, but uh, (laughs) I didn't post any this week on Polaroid Week. That's kind of where I'm at. I have a stack right now. I don't know if you guys... This is this was my Polaroid week right here. I need to scan them all in, but I've been shooting. It's interesting because I didn't know it was Polaroid Week because I always knew that Polaroid (laughs) Week was in April. And then all of a sudden people started posting like, fall Polaroid week is coming up. And I was like, wait a second, there's two Polaroid weeks? Yes, yes. That, I think that started <laughs> last year. Of They basically just uh, too long of a time of probably in between Polaroid weeks. And so they set up and had two. That's awesome. Oh, man. You know, I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize that there were two of them this year. Yeah. I just always, when I when I hear about it, I just go out and shoot. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, got to shoot Polaroids. Like, I was shooting this Polaroid week. I got the new Polaroid originals one step two in. So I was testing that out. Have you guys gotten a chance to shoot with that at all? I have not. I actually, um, I think I took one photo with one at Policon. Nate Matos, he had one of the, I guess, borrowed cameras and brought it there for everybody to shoot. Yeah, I saw that he was lucky enough to get his hands on one early for, for Policon. Yeah. What did you think? Very impressive camera, just for, for more of like a point-and-shoot type camera. Definitely. Yeah, it's really fun. I'm I'm really enjoying mine. I'm glad I got, it seems that I got one of the early batches because now they're like sold out. Right, and you right. Can't, you can't like get any more until like the middle of November or something like that. Right. So and eventually, I'll get one too. I mean, I like the feel of it. It's got a good tactile feeling whenever you're holding it in your hands, and I, I love the black one. Yeah, the black one. <laughs> I was gonna say Timothy loves black cameras, so yes. <laughs> it, he'll probably you'll. Pro- I mean, assume you're probably gonna get a black one when you end up finally getting one. I will. I did a little unboxing video for my YouTube channel, and the first thing I noticed when I opened the box and like had it in my hand is how good it felt. It was very. It's like much heavier than the old One Step, the original, and it just like feels good to have a new analog camera that you're taking out of a brand mm. new box. You know what I mean? It was really cool. Right. And it, and it does. It takes great photos too. Yeah. I was out today. So I'm in the process of doing a little review shootout type video for my YouTube channel. And uh, I shot a bunch of the black and white film, which everybody knows I prefer color. Not that I don't enjoy black and white, but I put a roll of black and white film in first and I just was kind of like, I want I want to shoot the color. I want to shoot the color. So I, I ended up fi- <laughs> finishing the roll. Um, and I went out today. It was 102 degrees in L.A. today. No so, thanks. yeah. And it's for anybody who's wondering, it's October 24th today. Like, <laughs> Right. There's something wrong whenever it's cooler in Texas, right? Yeah. it's it was, Wow. So uh, me and a friend, we went to a public pool. So I was like, oh, me. And I knew I was like, this isn't going to work. It's too hot for this. So I was like, let me try and shoot a couple frames anyway. And it basically, um, they didn't come out. It was just too damn hot. But <laughs> I'm hoping, really? it, yeah, I mean, they came out, but they're, you know, they look like it was too hot. That's just what, you know, they're not, they're faded they're, and the color isn't there. And I knew, I mean, 102 degrees, that's, I was asking for it, <laughs> basically. Right. So I'm excited to, hopefully it's going to cool down next week. I'll get another pack and like really see, you know, the new Polaroid Originals film and the new color and, and uh, do all that stuff. Right, right. 
but the new film is great and it's it's a lot of fun to shoot with oh it is it is i'm so excited like i was very skeptic about the whole new film but i i think i ordered about four or five packs and both on the spectra end and the sx70 end like i am extremely happy with the results of that film and so whenever um at policon so nate brought the the one-step camera and a camera that i'd got that got right before the Thursday before Policon was a, it was like a Frankenstein Polaroid camera uh, oh, that nice. actually had. So it's basically the 110. You can Ooh, see. Ooh, look at that. Oh, yeah. Okay. The okay. Instax 210 back. This is the camera I've been shooting with probably more even, you know, when you get to the favorite camera part, SX-70 is always going to be one of my yeah. favorite cameras. And, uh, but uh, this, this camera has been super thing to shoot with. It's the you get kind of the bokeh that you get with the SX70, then using Instax wide. So it's kind of like my dream camera Whoa, to finally that's have cool. one. Man. Now, did did you make that camera? No, or I actually that... ordered it uh, ordered it off eBay from uh, a guy uh, Patrick, and I think uh, I'll mispronounce his last name if I said it, but he's a guy that uh, he had uh, sold a bunch of them on eBay. He does mods to 110Bs. Oh wow! Yeah, I've I've definitely seen seen those around. I I didn't know if if there was like a blueprint online or something like that because I I would definitely like to get my hands on something like that because right. Instax film is is cheap, man. You can get mm-hmm. that stuff for for nothing. It is, and it's it's just so good. Uh, again, 102 degree day because that was always my complaint uh, through yeah. the years with Impossible. I always said they they made great film for California, but they made terrible film mm. for Texas because yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because we you know during the summer when you wanted to be out shooting it was super hot, and during the winter super cold. And so I would always have blue film in the su- in the winter yeah. and red film in the summer. It's kind of funny that it like turns the appropriate color at least like <laughs> right exactly. But um, but yeah, it's and black and white does terrible in heat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. See, I I never realized that. I never knew that. I, you know, that's probably why I had such bad results sometimes and didn't <laughs> yeah. really think about. It. I you know I just cursed Impossible Project yeah. instead of the weather. I didn't realize it. Right, it was yeah. it was always the weather. But uh, you know, so that spring and fall was like the prime time for just get mm-hmm. out and shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, mm. yeah. But with the Instax film, you know, I shoot early in the morning when it's cold or in the middle of the day when it's hot, and it's still the same. So you got love that that's true yeah. yeah man i really want instax to do the black and white film in wide format i i really hope they they come around and do that and so you started seeing posts this week on that uh that they were coming out with it oh really no kidding it's, awesome. it's kind of hard to tell if it's a hoax or if it's a true thing uh so uh, hopefully, hoping that we uh you know see that it's a true thing i forgot the uh uh, the post that we saw it on or that I saw it on, but uh, it was out That would be week. really mean if somebody was playing a, a <laughs> trick on us. Like. I know. that's April Fool's. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, the, the unfortunate part about it is it's not uh, black and white film, it's monochrome film. And, you yeah. know, such a small yeah. technicality, but a big difference in the, in the true black and white. Like, uh, you know, everybody wants it to be the FP3000B. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Not quite. But still, not, still no. a beautiful film. I mean, I shot, I had the mint TL-70 for a while. And, okay, um, yeah. and so I shot with the, you know, the monochrome film for that camera, the Instax Mini. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, very hard to, very hard to shoot with because it's a very, uh, you know, contrasty in the way of that. You either get it way too dark or way too light. You got to hit it, the exposure yeah. just right. Yeah. I did notice that with that film. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, still fun to shoot with. Yeah, Definitely. for sure. So Troy, can before we go forward, can you just quickly give our listeners like a little backstory on how you got started in shooting film and all that stuff? So it's um, you know I've had it on my blog and different uh, different things that I've done where 
I've had to tell the, you know, the same story of the, okay, in seventh grade, got my first camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Still have. Well, so this is not the camera, but it's, uh, I had to buy a replica or the same camera, you know, the same model. And the reason was because I was out shooting and, uh, when I was shooting, the shutter broke and basically, the, oh, no. so when it broke, um, the camera was toast, mainly because I tried to work on it and fix it. And that was probably a bad thing. But, <laughs> so seventh grade back in, so that makes it like 1981, you know, mm-hmm. started, uh, just bought a camera, uh, started shooting. It was a 35 millimeter camera and uh, shot that all through high school, college, even after I got married and had kids and still shot with that camera until the mid nineties. And that's Love that. Um, you know, that's when digital started coming out, kind of eased into that and, um, you know, still kept the camera though. And say in the time frame around 2008, or I guess 2010 was around that time frame, got into shooting, uh, instant photography again. You know, I always tell people I missed, cannot believe it, you know, grew up as a child of the eighties, late seventies, eighties <laughs> and nineties and shot Polaroid, but mainly in one steps and nothing else. Yeah. No pack film. Didn't even know it existed. Same here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so then comes the demise of Polaroid, and all at once I get it, get led on the pack film and start shooting it, buying it. Yeah. Basically, got into instant first. Um, still wasn't shooting thirty five, and then from there, um, you know, kind of led me to wanting a Leica. You know, just uh, <laughs> just kind of got yep. obsessed with that of wanting when I had a digital Leica, an M eight, and uh, you know, oh, I could okay. see the end of that coming. Um, in terms yeah. of, uh, you know, I had it for a few years and, you know, I bought it used and the, the thing was I sold it for almost, almost what I bought it for yeah, and uh, yeah. ended up yeah. buying a, like an M6 and still have that today and probably would never that's get rid of that. That's the camera. Yep. The M6. Mm-hmm. That's the one I want. That's the one a lot of people, you know, we had a couple guests who say, I think Nate, that's his favorite camera. Yes, it is. He yeah. had it, uh, Nate and I. We went uh, for a little walk at Policon uh, one morning with, he had his M6 and I had mine. So. Yeah. Oh, man. And then Bob, too, his uh, his was the M6. Right. What his favorite, his favorite camera was. It's I know. a good one. And people get a little offended sometimes because they think that, um, you know, certain Leicas are the ones that they want. But I absolutely love the M6 and got the M6.85 because I'm a, I'm a 50 kind of guy, not a yeah, 35 yeah, yeah, necessarily. Yeah. And so I went ahead and bought the .85. And uh, the TTL, don't know why about the TTL, the flash has never been on it, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but for some reason, that's the one I wanted. Is yours black or silver? It is black. It is black. Nice. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking Timothy's <Man>. language. <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, I, I will have my Leica. I, I think, I mean, I could, I definitely have trade-in value with all the large format, like my Toyo Field 4.5 and the lenses and all the film, you know, I have it. It's right. there if I want to, when I'm, when I'm ready to give up the 4.5, which might not be ever, but yeah. I, I want to go in increments with things like that, you know, instead of taking out a house payment for all these cameras. Seriously. That I, I know it's kind <laughs> of know? one of those things I try to sell something if I'm going to buy something now because I have so many, yeah. uh, but mm-hmm. um, I just actually sold my Toyo uh, view camera. And, oh. uh, and it was all kind of centered around because I had, uh, backed the Kickstarter for the, uh, Intrepid 8x10. Yeah. And, I, oh, and cool, plus cool. then I bought this other camera that I told you guys about, uh, on the, uh, for the Insects Wide. And, you know, just trying to keep that, keep that kind of in check of not just buy, buy, buy. We try to yeah. do a sell every once in a while. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> but my problem is the sell. I can't. I can't. I just get too attached. <laughs> it is. It's definitely hard. And I'm a terrible salesman. Uh, I've tried. Yeah. Mm. You know, some people, they just find people to buy their junk for 
large prices and me it's like oh i know i always have trouble with that (laughs) yeah it always gets me i i've heard this somewhere before it was on another podcast of somebody was talking about it's when you start filling out the description of selling the item and you're like oh man this is a really great camera (laughs) no i'm not (laughs) what am i thinking (laughs) what am i thinking never yeah yeah well and also but then i go on the other direction if i try to tell them of all the things that are okay here's where the scratches are it's dented here yeah you know and things like that but um, yeah that's why i just i'm terrible at selling i hate selling things like you gotta love on it real right here if you want it to fire yeah (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) yeah so troy are you are you would you say you're like primarily an instant film photographer You know, um, I I would say I would have said that, you know, a few years ago. Yes, because that's pretty much it. I mean, I was like all um, I would eat up with shooting impossible film. I mean, I absolutely loved it. Mm. Still love it and still shoot it. But uh, I have so many other cameras that, you know, I I try to try to go around the room with cameras. But uh, right now, I would say I'm probably about 50 50 um, because I also do large format. You know, I have a Shamanix and I probably that's a Texas way of saying whatever the word is. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's four by five, and so that, I bought that one last year, and uh, absolutely love shooting with that camera. So four by five, mm. I would say, and then I have a what I call a collection of SX seventies, most of which wow. I've, I've, I've had most of them converted to take six hundred film or shoot six hundred film. Oh, um, nice. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, and it's yeah. a it's kind of one of those kind of best of both both worlds because you know the six hundred film cameras are either the box style cameras or or they're the SLR 680s, which are kind of the large, got the flash and the sonar on top, mm-hmm. but a more pocketable one, of course, is the S670. And so a guy yeah. out in upstate New York, uh, Matt Weidman, uh, he uh, he actually does that conversion and does such a great job of it. I've had, you know, probably at least six or eight cameras converted. And uh, everyone wow. works like a champ still today. So I love that. It's, it's because you can also shoot in much lower light. I mean, by the yeah. time I get off work, a lot of times sun's already setting and yeah. SX-70s are toast if you try to shoot it like that. Yep. And so being able to yeah, shoot that 600 it film, is. Is, um, it expands the, the time that you can actually shoot it. So it's good. That's awesome. Man. So so then you get to shoot the film at 600 or is it like an ND filter kind no, of thing? No, no. That's is the it? beauty of it. It's no ND filter, but you can't shoot SX-70 film in the camera anymore. Um, okay. Yeah. And so okay. you basically, it's a 600 film camera now. Man, that is awesome. See, I would love that because just like you said, you know, it, you only have limited light with the SX-70 yeah. and I would love to, you know, shoot one kind of all day long, but you, you can't, you know, yeah. I always pack mine up. If I know I'm going out for the evening, yeah. I'm like, well, that's kind of obsolete yeah. after this. So Right, right. And the, but yeah. the, the 600, you can do some great night shots and, you know, in low light, low light shots. And it's, it's just a, I don't know. I've always, uh, I definitely like that film better because of that versatility. Yeah, I agree. Man, I, I need to look into that. I was, was going to say, <laughs> hmm, how was your experience at Policon this year? So, you know, Policon, this being the second year, it's it's it was so much fun. Yeah. We, were, we Timothy and I were so bummed we couldn't go. I know. Oh, you yeah. guys next definitely, year. You <laughs> next definitely year. should come next year because it's, yeah. I, I think Daniel, For sure. uh, Daniel was telling me, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 230, 240 people. He's going to, wow. he's going to be wow. bummed that I don't know the exact number. But I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I should have looked that up before the show, but it was 200 plus people that kind of, that, that either were on walks or came through. That's so awesome. Polcon. And so uh, to have that many people, it, it's just crazy. And uh, downtown kind of Denton as a city was made for that. And, yeah. and it's just so neat. It's such a, an eclectic place anyway. And so then to have all of these film shooters that are all just gathered in this one building, kind of walking around the streets, Polaroids everywhere. 
Oh, that man. sounds like That's so like, a... like too much fun. I feel like to, yeah. I, like I would just oh my god, it's like Christmas. <laughs> it, it definitely is, and and you know then there's the the short demos on all the different types of cameras, all the different different things that people do with Polaroids. You know, Nate was there with his uh, with his Zine and yeah. you know, basically yeah. self publishing and talking about that. You know, there's um, several people that come out from California. You know, then Nate come from Portland. Had some people coming from just about everywhere. In the United States, it seems like that there's people coming around, coming, so coming awesome. there. And so yeah. it's a lot of fun. You know, it's kind of one of those things that, and I can't remember, it was a couple of years into a shooting instant film. I started, you know, going out, I was out traveling out to California and met up with some people, didn't know them, you know, kind of one of those creepy things of the people you meet on the internet and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, I'm going to killed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> show up and go, uh, to go shoot film with them on a polo walk. And then that became kind of an addicting thing to go yeah. to polo walks. Uh, you know, Justin, Justin Good and, and Daniel, they basically had set up the pull walks in the Dallas area and those, those grew to crazy numbers. I mean, there was 80, 90 people coming to these pull walks. No kidding. And, wow. um, you know, the, it, then we saw the potential, um, you know, but we kept talking about a, Hey, what about a Policon? What about a Policon? And, uh, it just yeah. never, you know, it takes effort, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of planning, um, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, we had different polo walks where people came from out of state, but never something of the magnitude of that. So they decided to do it uh, last year, kind of centered around the polo walk that started it all was the State Fair polo walk. State Fair of Texas is always in the late September through, you know, mid to whenever in October. I think it's a three-week yeah. three run. And so, uh, you know, we had... Uh, had it centered around that, and uh, then we brought it to Denton because of the film community that's just uh, huge in in Denton. That's awesome. Did you speak? I did one of the. Uh, I did like a, a pull walk in the Arts District in downtown Dallas, and then okay. um, I did a talk on uh, New Fifty Five film. And, yeah, and, I and saw general, a bunch of your portraits. And in general, four by five. This year, we kind of expanded it out to you know New Fifty Five. We talked uh, expired Polaroid and you know other things that you could do with uh, you know large form. Format, basically large format instant Ugh. nice love yeah i had just gotten done shooting an old an old box of the type 55 i i need to look into so new 55 still doing stuff right they're still creating film or so my opinion is i still see it for sale and i think they are you know i haven't in in the last few months i haven't talked to to sam or bob the mm-hmm. two guys that basically are you know in essence the the founders of it and the ones who are running yeah, yeah. it and continuing it some have said that, okay, they're not making it anymore. I know that uh, it was all kind of centered uh, around the Kickstarter, you know, that they had for the new 55 color that didn't quite make it. And, um, you know, it was being, is very dependent upon that. I, I know that the supplier of their pods is not supplying them. And so some of the, oh, some of the man. things like that, that they'll uh, have to overcome to be able to continue to make it. But they, I mean, you talk about two guys that are passionate about being yeah. able to to bring something back to life those guys are truly passionate about that man it's it's such a beautiful film too like well the original and i there was a girl that she she worked locally in one of the camera shops down here she's originally from austin texas i for, i can't think of her name off the top of my head but she was one of the people who was one of the testers of the new 55. Right. I wish I, I wish I could think of her name, but the, the film was amazing. Like the stuff that she was getting with it. I mean, I know it had its quirks and there were, 
you know, there were some issues with it, but I mean, right. And so that's, that's one of the things that at Policon last year and at Policon this year, I was trying to show people how to get around those quirks because that's something yeah, that, yeah. you know, I went through a lot of boxes of film dealing with quirks and, you know, some people, they shot one box, got frustrated and never wanted to touch yeah. it again. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, once you pass those quirks, the actual, you know, the positives in the original batches were not the best. Uh, but the negatives were absolutely stunning. I mean, the yeah. detail in them, because it was that, uh, I think it was basically, you know, you're talking an 80 ISO film or a 50 ISO film and the negative on a four by five is just incredible. And so, mm, and they were, they were very deep blacks and very white whites. And so it was, um, I, I absolutely loved it and still have boxes of it to shoot. I just don't. I don't post as much and I don't shoot as much because it is a little more expensive than the other. Well, I mean, even even shooting the original stuff, the Type 55, I mean, it's it's a crapshoot. I <laughs> I remember I bought a couple. <laughs> I, I was given a box. Actually, I was given two boxes from an older guy that he's kind of like my photo guru. I talk about him <laughs> a lot. He, his, his name's like Mr. Bob. He's just an old wedding photographer <laughs> that's that's done it all, you know, right. and those are the guys that he, have all the all the equipment, right? Yeah. Oh, all yeah. You, you should see it like, you know, once or twice a week. He always calls me his trash man because he just brings stuff that. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> to you know, to somebody else, it would be a box that you would take to the dump. And for me, I'm just like, <gasps> you know, yeah, two boxes of type. Do you know what you have here? <laughs> I'm like yelling at him and like shaking him. I'm like, do you know what you have here? And um, yeah, he brought me, you know, it was two two unopened boxes. And the expiration date was it was like one of the, you know, second to last years right. that they were it was in production. And, you know, the guy kept everything in a he had a film fridge and he just kept everything stored properly. And I just, I fell in love with that stuff, shot both boxes. You know, I was like, well, I had really good luck with those. This person saying it's the same date. So I bought, I think it was like seven or eight sheets Whoa. for like $150 and they were all dried up pods. Like it right. was just, oh, no. you know, well, that's just, that's just the dice you, yeah. you roll when you, when you buy that stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, to have something like that film, the, the negative not so much the positive. You know, the positives look great and they're pretty and whatnot, but right. it's the negative that you get with that film yeah. is what is right. is mind-blowing. It is. It definitely is. And so, you know, one of the things we learned through one of the workshops last year at the Policon was, okay, so you see all of this film that is becoming, you know, dried up. What yeah. can you do with it? And so there's some pretty creative ways of being able to use that film. And so then I went on these what? buying binges uh, of looking for, yeah. you know, expired <laughs> Um, you know, expired black and white film. And so if you, if you've seen much on, um, on my Instagram account, you'll, you'll see pictures of, it looks like there's divots coming to the top of it. And that's that film that's being almost yeah, reclaimed. Yeah. Uh, so there's some neat oh, ways no of doing kidding. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've taken, no uh, kidding. you know, definitely I'm always looking for, you know, some expired, um, don't really care if the mm-hmm. pods work or not. The unfortunate thing is you have to use some, uh, uh, fresh film to help with it. You know, some people think it's a, uh, it's a travesty that I have, you know, Fuji FP 3000 B that I'm basically wasting in essence to, oh, use, yeah. <laughs> to use the pod, but uh, it's so worth mm-hmm. it. Oh, no kidding. That's, that's clever. I wouldn't even have thought of that, but there's, and there's some other mixes on the color side that you can do too, but I haven't been as successful with that. So I'm, I'm pretty much stick to the, stick to the black and white. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, I haven't tried any of the colors yet. I would I would like to, but again, it's just, it's so hard to find these things. I need another, like, Mr. Bob Hall to yeah. come my way of some color film. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It, it's, I love when that happens. What camera can you shoot the Type 55 with? 
It's a four by. Oh. It's a four by five. Yes, it is four by five. So you have to have the and it and it uses a special you know film holder. It's 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 made for Polaroid. It's basically made for the Polaroid instant film. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't shot four by five since photography school two thousand three. So <laughs> now I now I want to this see this is always a problem because I'm like maybe I'll get a four by five camera right. and I'll start doing that <laughs> like. Talking about gear and buying stuff, it's like <laughs> right. And so, see the the thing uh, that got me into large format was uh, back in, and I wish I could remember years off the top of my head, but it was basically probably in I think 2012, somewhere in that time frame when Impossible came out with black and white instead yeah. of film. Mm. And so that's whenever you know I was scouring the internet, knowing they were coming up with it, and scouring the internet looking for an eight by ten camera. Ended up buying it after they came out with it, but uh, because I had my picture taken. Over in the Dallas area, by the guys that that founded Instant Film Society and started the Polo Walks. Cool. And so, once I had my picture taken with it, you know, with an eight by ten instant film, I was sold. You know, came yeah, home and you fell in love. Know, within a week, I had a camera here. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And had an eight by ten. Man, that's so funny how that is. Do you guys? Do you guys remember? <laughs> I was just talking about this because I was I I shot a pack of the new the the Polaroid originals black and white, and when Impossible Projects the first couple batches they had, like you had to treat it right, otherwise the photo would like literally just disappear. There was, um, especially you, you know, you almost had to to, to put it in a. I can't even remember what it was called now. Yeah, uh, but it was yeah. the silica packs that would basically take the moisture out of it. Yeah. And, and with the black and white, and I still actually have some original, what they call the PQ 8x10 film yeah. uh, that was mm. manufactured in 2012. I still shoot with it, and it still works, surprisingly, and uh, you have to peel it. So after you shoot it, uh, you peel the positive and the negative apart, and you have, um, you have a positive receiver sheet that has the image on it. And, wow. you know, it looks, like a, it looks like a positive, but it's really not. Uh, but yeah. you you can scan it like on a piece of white uh, you know printer paper. Basically, hmm. you put that on the backing, and the image just pops out. So it's, oh, no, it's very neat stuff. So I cool. love I love photographing with that stuff. But I only have yeah, about I think I have maybe ten sheets left, so it's becoming more uh, more precious. Man, so they're still making eight by ten they, Polaroid they stuff, right? They absolutely, the impossible. Yeah, 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 which is good. I mean, um, I always want to buy enough of that to you know keep it keep it going through. But yeah. I don't shoot it as much either because mainly I, I would say a lot of times uh, I use my 4x5. When I go to large format, 4x5 and like Ilford HP5 is yeah. those, that's Same really here. become my favorite. And one another, I'm always looking for Kickstarters with film and stuff to back and uh, back the Kickstarter for the Cinestill. And uh, yeah. whenever they were doing the 120 and then they kicked in and had the 4x5, which I don't think they even, I don't think they sell that. Right now, to the like yeah. in their in their store. I didn't see that, Mm-mm. but uh, I have uh, two boxes of that from <gasps> from that Kickstarter. No way! And so, you know, no. and and literally, I'm almost ashamed, but I've only shot probably four shots of it. Uh, do you have the tungsten or the daylight? It's the How's it's it? the 800 tungsten. Nice. I didn't even know that they did that in the four by five. It is. It's beautiful. I missed that whole thing. It's it's definitely beautiful film. Uh, it's got a bluish tint to it. If you yeah. Um, but I I love that about it. That's awesome. Is that anywhere on your web? I'm sure it's on your web. Posted those. It, it is on my, it is on my Instagram. <laughs> um, I had posted uh, one of the first shots I took. Uh, I take a lot of photos of my daughters. I have two daughters and two granddaughters. And uh, definitely primary focus of what I shoot for. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, they're they're the stars of your Instagram. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so um, I have one that's a uh, you'll look you can see it too because there's not a whole lot of color in my Instagram. You look through you'll and you'll see out. a blue you'll see a little bluish one of my daughter. Yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. But it's good. I love that film. I wish I could shoot more. And the reason I don't shoot it more is because I can't. I, I really, I tried developing some color and everybody says color is easier in black and white. And then I'm the prime example of all I've done is every, I've de- tried to develop three roles and all three were bad. And so oh, no. I, I kind of thought, no, no. okay, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. So we, we just talked about this with our last guest, Bob, and he, and t- him and Timothy were having a discussion about developing color film and they're like it's not that hard it's, it's actually easier and i was like what i don't know i'm not i don't uh uh-uh. no Some, someday i may be on that side but right now i'm not three rows yeah. in, and I, I don't ever seem to shoot something that i just want to practice on so i wish yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's the tough part i was mailed a couple rolls of the p30 and, you know, there's not much on developing. I, I, I was told that there's a Facebook group and I need to check in on that. But I'm so scared to shoot and develop the P30 because right. I, you know, I, I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. And it's such a, you know, until they get in the full swing, that film's kind of just like a, you know, it's a little treasure that you get to shoot yeah. every once in a while. Right. And, and, I, and I'm on my last roll of that. And I've had some conversations with Dave. Uh, and I heard the podcast mm. that you guys had with him and that, that film is just, uh, I really like it. I've been shooting it. I know. I have, oh. um, it's almost like I have a certain film and a certain camera. And so my Canon, I have an EOS three, uh, with a film, nice. 50 millimeter 1.2. And that's the only lens that I've have on it and shoot that with the, uh, film Piranha with the P30. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on some film Piranha. Right. Just after every, like talking to Dave and like hearing everybody like just gush over that. Right. I need, I need, I need it in my life. Exactly. And of course, <laughs> you know, I had, I think I did the five rolls of it. And the, um, the thing is though, probably the first two, I, I was terrible. I was using the wrong developer, wasn't using, mm. I come up with my own times that I thought, well, it should, it should respond well to this. And, and it didn't. Oh. Um, but I've kind of landed <laughs> on, uh, Ilfasol 3 as the one okay. that really has right. worked real well on that and had some conversations with Dave about that. And he's, He's thinking that, uh, you know, just doing a couple of experiments here and there for him uh, to see what, how, how it's working. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm almost done with the role. So I'm hoping to have another one by this weekend to develop. Nice. That's awesome. Well, that's good to hear because that's, I have a fresh bottle of that sitting behind me. Okay, so. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, cause I, you know, like I said, I was just so scared to try to, you don't want to, I, I only have. I had one of our listeners mail me a role and then I acquired another role through kind of the same thing. And right. now I'm just kind of scared to shoot. I have them and I'm just like, what do I, I, what, <laughs> what do I do next? I don't want to ruin it, but it's, I, I have a, a portrait session coming up. I heard that it's great for portrait photography. So I'm going to kind of right go with it on that. And where I've seen it performs the best is in, in even light. So if you, if you shoot in even light and if you shoot, um, Mm -hmm. and the, the other thing is when you're developing, uh, not that much agitation, I think it's like almost, almost like stand developing, but not quite. Um, so it's like once a minute or something, one agitation, Mm -hmm. one, one turn per minute. I wonder, are there uh, any any labs out there that will develop it? Like if you say, Hey, this is, you know, I think that, uh, I think Dave was saying that Richards, uh, that they were working with Richards and they were like the most, one of the most receptive labs. Yeah. Um, and I saw a post on, um, the, if you've seen that DR5, the, um, positive, uh, black and white film developing that they do. Uh, it's, uh, and I think he's, I forgot where he had moved to, but, uh, DR5 also, they had a post recently about, about the film for Ronnie and how they were working to 
perfect that. Man, I can't wait until that film is like a an everyday. Yeah, like you a know, standard. Can... Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's it's neat to again have the different film manufacturers and the different styles of film that are out there. Oh man, what a one eighty the film community yeah. has taken in the last you know five eight years. Yeah. Like it it went from. You know, we were all extremely bummed out because everything was getting taken away from us. And now it's like things are just coming back. back. It's coming back. (laughs) It is. It's it's so good. And so um, one of the other things with the film Ferrania is printing it has been that is it's it's amazing prints in terms of the blacks and the whites because the whites are generally blown out and they're really white. And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's very good. Do you print in a dark room, Troy? I do. I do. When are we? uh, Got the whole setup. When we um, built this, our house that we live in right now a couple of years ago, a little about two and a half years ago, and one of the things was a goal of we have a third third car garage, and it's basically fully converted uh, to a it's, – it's kind of Uh-oh. like two offices. So if you really think about it, it's a dark room slash studio. So studio, you want light. So I have windows uh, in the dark room. Uh, but whenever I want to do dark room <laughs> stuff, I've got to have the blackout. And so yeah. you know, I've got ways of blacking it out. and. So it's it's definitely came around. It took a while to get it all there, but it's it's all there now. Man, that's so awesome. Do you like ever rent it out to anybody who would like to use it, or is it just like no, your I, like man cave? It's it's pretty much that. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> weird, but yeah, it's my man cave. If you that's understandable. That. Yeah, I have buddies that are always like, "Man, you should you should have me over to, to you know print or <laughs> to," do, and I'm like. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Like, I don't have <laughs> call me next. Yeah, <laughs> call me next week. Yeah, well, and I have <laughs> but, had some. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of reasons to come from Dallas out to Greenville, where I live. We live kind of outside of the Metroplex, and so some of my what I call film friends that uh, come out this way. That's u- usually what they come out for is to go print. So, mm. but you know, yeah. I always use that as an opportunity to uh, grab a photo of them in front of with the four by five or eight by ten. Yeah, oh, in yeah. front of, in yeah. Front of uh, you know a white paper background type thing so you know at least uh, they come develop and i get my photo that's great that's a good trade-off that sounds good to me (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't be mad at it man so you do you you're strictly like personal work right you're not like a for hire photographer no no, i love love hearing um, that it's it's been one of those in fact if anybody because i've never you know the pressure just kills me and so um Mm -hmm. i just absolutely love it as a hobby hobby only and you know use it as one of those things i always tell people if i'm out you know with other groups of people taking pictures that's just practice for being better of taking pictures of family because you know the main purpose is that Um, but um you know, trying to get, uh, I wish I only had one camera sometimes because then maybe I could be really good at it. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm like a camel when I'm out and have, you know, 13 cameras on me in mm-hmm. some way. Oh, we've, oh, we've talked yes. about this problem oh. many a times on the podcast. And I, it's, it's funny because I was like, I was like daydreaming about like, I want to start traveling. First step is I got to get a passport. But besides that, like, <laughs> um, you know, I want to, I want to start traveling and I was thinking like, okay, like oh, if I, if I turn this into like a vlog and like do some travel vlog, like photography, like, you know, thinking like specifically for like my YouTube, I'm like, and then I'll just take one camera and then I'm just like, wait, who am I kidding? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know when I was, um, when I traveled a lot for business, I would always take an SX-70. That was kind of a staple. And then my Leica mm-hmm. was another staple. And, yeah. and so I would always at least have two. Uh, many times I'd try to sneak another one in and, yeah. you know, or, or maybe two. <laughs> it's and- so, so funny how like, I just recently went to, went to Boston for, for a wedding 
uh, with my boyfriend and, and the, the packing was like, okay, cool. So this is, I'll bring my contacts G1. That's all I'll bring. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll need something like for like, cause I don't have a flash for that yet. I haven't gotten the flash. So I'm like, well, if we go out at night, I'm going to want like something with a flash and like for the wedding reception. So I'll take my Sheik D4. And I'm like, well, I'm going to want something for like instant if we, if like, so I ended up taking my Instax camera. <laughs> like it literally, it's just like impossible to try and take one camera. It just cannot be done. I've tried it. It is. It is. I wish, I, again, I wish I was one of those people that could do that. But uh, there's always something mm. in my head. And I'll walk out of the house with one camera and then load my bag in the car and come back in and think, yeah. oh, I think <laughs> yeah. I'm going to grab one more, just this one more. And then, you know, before you know it, I have a hustle blot around my shoulder. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, it, it always, it gets bad. And I get it. I, I really uh, catch a lot of, um, a lot of razzing over that because. We, we all do. I can't I do leave too. the house without a camera or more. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, underneath almost every seat in the car. There's a camera stuffed <laughs> yeah. there just in case. Oh, I I love that I'm not you're yeah. like I'm not the only one that does yeah. that. Okay, right. And then yeah. we've also <laughs> talked about like when you forget, like because I'll I'll you know I'm like, you know my purse. I'm like oh my camera's in my purse, and you know I'll run out to the car. I'm like oh it feels light, and then like I'm halfway wherever I'm supposed to go. I'm like no wonder it feels light. I forgot my camera. What am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, ah! exactly. And that'll be you know the one time uh, that uh, yeah I've, I've got to have it, mm-hmm. got to have it. And I'm, yeah, I just mm-hmm. have that camera. Gotta have it. I just have to have it it's like a security thing even if i don't use it i just want it near me right <laughs> yeah and so then when we do things like pull a con um you know then um i'm in the middle of the pull walk and in the back of my mind i'm worried about all the cameras in my car thinking okay oh, yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> what if i get robbed oh yeah. no yeah yeah that would be like my worst nightmare there these are the problems oh, we have man. everybody it's just bad <laughs> <laughs> too funny so speaking of Picking one camera. One of our uh, questions that we we are asked to ask our guests: If you had to, if somebody had your arms tied behind your back and you had to pick one camera for your like desert island camera, what would it be and why? And, and it's it's always going to be the Leica, the Leica M6. Yeah, the M6. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I thought about that and thought about that because I absolutely love the the Chamonix, the wood, uh, the wood four, four by five. Oh you know, yeah, I yeah. I love the you know I have a Polaroid 180. You know, for the remaining pack film mm. I have, I have now the Instax with the Polaroid 110 and just camera after camera. But yeah, it really comes down to it. If I had to, if I literally had to get rid of everything else or if I was, you know, if I'd only take one camera with me, it's always the Leica. Yeah. And I think the reason being is I feel that's the camera that, you know, the, the other cameras may come and go, but that one's going to be the camera, you know, that, uh, that's the heirloom camera. I look at yep. it like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is. You're passing it down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because we know that, I mean, they've proven that uh, Leica as a company, a camera that was made um, in the early years of Leica versus a camera now, they all can still be repaired. And it's beautiful if, thing. Yeah, something it's a beautiful that can thing. do that, then you know yeah. that it's going to be something you're going to hang on to. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. I love that. I can't wait. I can't wait to be a proud Leica <laughs> owner. It, it's <laughs> My only gripe always is, and I've seen this too with others, is um, just the scanning. You know, it's it's like... 36 exposures just wears me out Mm -hmm. (laughs) in terms of scanning. Um, And, you know, that's where the other formats shine is you don't have to to worry that much about uh, as much scanning. Right, because you shoot an 8x10 portrait and be like, one pass, that's it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. That's why, I mean, I love shooting the 4x5 for that reason, too. I mean, it's just, it's the setup and the anticipation and all that stuff is is you know you, you definitely have to think a lot more with large format but it is you and, know you know with the the large format it's kind of funny this weekend so 
I had some portraits that I shot of my family, had some family members in visiting and uh, it was my sister and brother-in-law and I've struggled with the four by five because sometimes you get down, you think what's well, on a tripod and you get down way to the slow shutter speeds uh, because you're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, get some depth of field in it and, uh, or you, you want some depth of field so that you can actually have more than their nose and focus. And, yeah, uh, really. right. and the frustrating part with it is you do all this and both of the images were blurry. And so I was, uh, I was uh, you know, very frustrated whenever I pulled those out and mm. saw that. But, uh, you know, the good thing is they're repeatable. I can do it again. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah. so that's the, I've, I've learned to, you know, not try to cheat fate and think that I can get that, you know, just the rise and focus and um, leave the rest because too many times and then not, they move. If it's people who you get yeah. photographed a lot, they're very good at not moving. But mm-hmm. that's the toughest thing with four by five. I tried doing, uh, I tried shooting. A, well, I did shoot a contortionist. She was a contortionist <laughs> for the Nashville Circus, and I was I was so hardcore with the four by five at that moment when I was shooting her. Right. I did everything I wanted to do with the thirty five millimeter. Put that down. And I was like, okay, we have to. I shot six six exposures, and they were all blurry, like every oh, single no. one, just because she. At first, she wasn't understanding that, you know, you have to set it and then you load it. You know what I mean? Like, you have to get everything lined up and then, okay, hold still. And I, you know, move the curtain from my head and she'd like, she thought it was done. So she'd move and I'm like, no, we got to do it again. You know, but even the once, like, once I explained to her what was, you know, like what I needed her to do, still, it was just a little, I mean, she's holding these crazy poses and just a little bit, you know, you knock it a little bit and it's out. Got some usable stuff out of it, but it wasn't right. where I wanted it to right. be. You know, it's portraits are tough on on large format. They are They're definitely. It, yeah. You know, it's one of those things too, and it's the simple things that some people that are very perfectionist they remember it every time. But me, I get in a hurry, get caught up in the moment, and yep. uh, same wasn't here. using the cable release. And I think that was my mistake mm-hmm. this past weekend. Slow shutters and no cable uh, release, and I'm you know yeah. you bump the camera a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know it's things like that. You you live and learn, but unfortunately, you get some yep. bad photos. And, and, yeah. and there's yeah. a lot, like you said, a lot put into it to get that bad photo. So you don't, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The good thing is I have a lot of good ones too. But the unfortunate thing yep. is those bad ones haunt me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, they do. All right, guys. This is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this question comes from Paul Bacuzzi What makes someone a photographer? We have seen a big surge in the term, but what does it mean really? Who's a photographer and who's a photo enthusiast slash hobbyist? This is deep. <laughs> yes, this is this is deep. Troy, do you want to take a crack at that one first? Oh, sure. Throw the new guy into it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I would consider I would consider myself a photographer, even though I just do it for a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, do I consider myself that because I'm good at it? Nah, because I'm I, I would consider it because I'm passionate. So to me, if you, if you, I mean, I'm eat up with photography in in terms of that's Mm -hmm. something that I I live and breathe it. Mm -hmm. And, um, just to call me an enthusiast would be, uh, to me, it'd be, (laughs) it'd be talking crazy. Um, Right. Right. uh, Yeah. uh, I think, and, but people can have people that, uh, a person with one camera could be called that too. You know, if they're, like I said, just passionate about what they do. Yeah. I, I, I like that answer. I, I agree too. I mean, it's like almost unfair to, like you said, to like, not 
give you the title just because you don't like get paid for it per se you know what i mean like anybody who has mm-hmm. knowledge on anything like i feel like they deserve the title just as much as anybody else if somebody right. could learn something from you which we all know for sure that says it all to me right there you know the way when i when i uh was reading the question i thought of like how we live in this generation of soccer grandmas yeah. and soccer moms are taking amazing photographs of their children, grandchildren with their iPhones and stuff like that. And even the youth and, you know, whatever, like we have, we have really, really, really good cameras in our hands, in our pockets at all times. And the Instagram craze and stuff like that, like it's, it's tough, you know, cause. I mean, I don't think, I don't think like those people, like people who, you know, we see people who like, oh, look, I took a good picture. I'm a photographer now. We all will, that's like you know we get like like no yeah like, we roll around we, we, yeah like we you don't love it like we do you don't know it like yeah. we do you know what i mean like <laughs> but it's 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 tough for them because they might think that they're up a, you know well I, I hate to say that i hate to like look down <laughs> yeah, on somebody this is a really for, tricky question you know doing something to... <laughs> like that but you know it, it it's tough we live in a in a crazy age where like every day millions of photographs are being taken but uh, you know i i think us diehards, like us, the, us film fridgers, us, yeah. you know, right. crazy camera collectors. You know, we, I think we know who we are. Right. And I think we know what, you know, again, I'm, I'm more so on the same lines as Troy. You know, I, I'm a, like a hardcore hobbyist. You know, I, I really get so anxiety ridden and not happy when I'm doing a paid job. Like there, there's been a handful of jobs where I've been like, man, this was awesome, you know? Like normally I'm just like, oh, did I get the shot? Is her hair out of her face? Like, did I <laughs> did I take my you know, like it's I am way too in my head for that stuff. But I think if if you really are truly passionate, if you're eat up with it like I'm talking about, then yeah. you learn, mm-hmm. you learn, and you learn by mistakes. I mean that whole thing of, you know, your first ten thousand photos are the bad ones, right? Well, right. you know, some people um, along the way of the ten thousand, you're gonna have some good photos. And the more good photos you get out of, you know, some people would ask, well, um, you know, out of a roll of 36, how many good ones do you get? I've been asked that question and I'm happy if I get one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Same here. But if I get 10, then I'm really happy. And to be honest, I don't think I've ever had a roll where I've got all 36 and they were all photos that I would keep. No. Seldom. Right. Um, Right. And I think that's the beauty of being able to look at a lot of the uh, contact sheet books of, you know, of, mm. uh, famous photographers. I love looking at those because you see their mistakes. You see all the bad yeah. ones along mm-hmm. with the one mm-hmm. that they circle. Um, and, you know, and that, that gives me a lot of, uh, builds a lot of confidence with me and gives me a lot of hope that, hey, I guess I am a photographer because yeah. not that I can do as good as them. I'm not saying that by any means, but uh, I try as much as them. I would, right. I would at least yeah. give it that. Yeah. I think that Agreed. the answer is if you feel like you're a photographer and it makes you happy, that's it. Yeah, I yeah. Feel like. <laughs> but if you shoot one good photo and you think you're a photographer, that's probably <laughs> not true. <Yeah>. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to add it on the negative. No, that was a great question, though. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, that was that was deep. That made us think. We, we like that. <laughs> it was. I'm. I'm still. I'm like. I'm I know. Still you should thinking. see Timothy's I'm, face I... right now. He's like. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. It's just what what um, what Troy said about the first ten thousand shots. You know, I remember being a couple thousand shots in and I was, I was, had that overconfidence, you know, it's like, man, I can, I can do this for a living yeah. and then got hoisted out and in the real world, like took on more than I could chew at a time. And 
really learned that, you know, there's a lot to learn mm -hmm. in this thing. And I, I mean, I think also what makes you a photographer is is kind of like not not stopping the learning right. process. Like if you're still hungry for it, like every single day and, you know, you're you're learning something new, you're researching. I had a coworker say to me not too long ago that she's an artist, she's a painter. And she was like, you know what, like your drive and your your like lust for photography is just insane. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm a paid professional artist. And you know, I'm not thinking about it at all right now. And here you are taking your five minutes in between tables, like researching a YouTube video yeah. or, you know, like do it, you know, like I'm just like always, yeah, 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 yeah. always on the go with this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always like, I, I know there's more out there. Like, I know there's more to this. Yeah. Right. And so you take, you know, um, when I bought, um, it was last year after I went to a darkroom class in New York, um, um, a photographer mm. by the name of Johnny Patience, uh, he had uh, hosted it, and you know when I was up there, I met a guy Ray Ray LaRose, and Ray's a New England guy, and uh, he's the guy that I bought my four by five from. You know, just kind of happen chance okay. talking to him about how he liked it, and told me he wanted to sell it, and so I bought it. Well, he was a very, Ray's a very technical photographer. I mean, he he you know studies photography. He knows all the right things to do when you yeah. when you go to shoot a shot. Well, me, I'm like, okay, I think it's probably around this, and maybe I'll meter it with my iPhone. And occasionally, I bought a I bought a spot meter, so I'm trying to be better mm -hmm. about that. But uh, I trust the latitude of film a lot, mm -hmm. and yeah, and so yeah. um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm so here. not technical, and and I don't really worry about well, you should be shooting this with a um, you know, a two ten millimeter lens and I'll mm -hmm. shoot it with a one twenty five just because that's what I have with me. And, right. and so yeah. uh, there's there's definitely the technical photographers that know so much about the craft and the art and all the you know the physics behind it. And then there's right. there's me. I mean I'm an engineer and I love physics as much as the next engineer. <laughs> but yeah. uh but um you know when I'm out shooting I'm just really worried more about composition. Yeah, that's great. Yeah it's it's all heart. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Paul. We appreciate that question. If you guys would like to ask us a question and we'll answer on the show, if you want to send us an email, analogtalkpodcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a message just on our Instagram and we'll try to um, answer it on our show and ask our guests what they think. All right, guys. And this is also the part of the show where we give our listeners a little assignment. What do we call this? Photo part? challenge. What do we call it? Yes, this is our photo <laughs> challenge. Thank you, Chris. Weekly photo challenge. <laughs> Weekly <laughs> photo challenge. All right. This week's photo challenge is kind of a, a refresh of when we done probably one of the first couple episodes we did. It's Troy, why don't you explain? Okay. Basically, I would travel a lot with my Leica or with my 670. I'd be out in a downtown area and I would always look to bring myself into the scene. So you, you know, I'd look for a, uh, basically a window. Many times you look for things that are, have depth. So if there's things you can see inside in a building or something behind you, uh, and then just place me right in it uh, and do a reflection photo, you know, black and white color, either one works equally well. And so basically mm -hmm. a reflection, not in a mirror, but a reflection in a window. It's updated photo challenge. The last, our last one, I think, was a mirror selfie. So we got to get creative this time around, guys. It's cool because like literally right before we started recording, I was out shooting downtown and I did I did one of these, but it was just a, like my legs on a posters. You know what I mean? It was the reflection <laughs> of my legs kind of. I'll, I'll, I'll share it for this. I got to develop okay. it first. Hopefully it comes out. But yeah. This is a cool one. I'm excited to see what everybody comes up with for this. Awesome, guys. And for everybody who's not aware, you can post those to our Flickr group. We are Analog Talk Podcast on Flickr. 
couple of things. If you could say what you shot it with, and if you could, if you could also write what photo challenge you're submitting it to. Uh, there's just so many photos in the group now. I'm not really sure what is for what challenge anymore. <laughs> so I'm getting all confused. <laughs> so if you could write like what week or the guest that was on or what the challenge was, just so I could have an easier time for when I go and um, post them on our website uh, and also your social media. So we could, if we end up sharing any of your shots, we'll, we're able to tag you in that too. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, well, this has been awesome, Troy. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been, we've, this has been an awesome conversation. Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, I feel like we did, or I did a lot of rambling, but uh, definitely appreciate you guys. Uh, hosting. That's me. the best part of our show. Just nerding out. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, my favorite part. Yeah. Where can everybody check out your work, Troy? Okay. So originally I started with a blog and it was Troy Bradford Photos, um, just TroyBradfordPhotos.com. Then um, if you notice my blog, I kind of got lackluster on it whenever I started Instagram. And yep. so uh, for a while I was doing both, uh, but my Instagram is Troy Bradford Photos. And okay. um, then my Twitter, uh, which I still you know try to drop on there too, because different friends are on different social media, yep. but yep. Twitter is uh, just Troy Bradford. <laughs> Great. Just all one word. Awesome. What about you, Timothy? All right. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Timothy Makeups. And I also make YouTube videos. And I still have not fixed that whole thing. <laughs> so you're going to have to go up to the old search bar and just search either Timothy.makeups or Timothy Ditzler. I, you know, I make videos about film photography. If you're listening to this, you probably already know that. <laughs> I also do a weekly Monday through Friday podcast on an app called Anchor. You're back. It's called We Believe in Film. Yeah, yeah, I'm finally back at it. I working a full-time job and trying to do this with my spare time is just always, you know how it yep. is being an adult. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah, so um you can find me on Anchor. It's called We Believe in Film and it's a Monday through Friday kind of five to 15 minute off the top of my head little you know ramble about film photography and kind of current events and stuff like that people can also ask ask you questions on there too right oh that's like that's my absolute favorite yeah. part about it you can you can do call-ins they call them call-ins you can just call in and ask a question i can you know kind of post your question and then give a give an answer to it it's like the coolest thing i love that app awesome what about you chris where are you at so on instagram Twitter and YouTube. I'm Chris B. Photo, trying to get back into doing more weekly uh, YouTube videos. So stay tuned for that. Oh, and I have a film photography um, Instagram where I just post all my film photos. That's Chris B. Shoots Film on Instagram. And then for us, we have a website, analogtalkpodcast.com. And then our Flickr group, Analog Talk Podcast. We're also Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. And we're Analog Talk Pod on Twitter. And you can like us on Facebook we're everywhere. too. <laughs> like us on Facebook. <laughs> All the things. Cool. All right. This has been an awesome episode. Thank you so much again for joining us, Troy. This has been really cool. Yes. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Definitely love listening to it. Oh, thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. See you, guys. Bye.